What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Behind the Glass podcast. Thanks for joining us here on YouTube and anywhere you can find your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Anchor, Breaker, and Radio Public. You can follow us on Twitter at Brandon underscore Stoll for Brandon, at Stephen Priest Jr. for myself. Huge shout out to everybody that listened to the first episode. Um, We really appreciate your support, whether you listen through YouTube, whether you listen through any other podcast service. We really greatly appreciate your listenership. And thanks for rocking with us each and every day as we try and get these going every Monday and every Friday. And just real quick, for those who've listened and those who will listen, if you want to support the podcast, you can do it and we would greatly appreciate it. It'll help us better this experience for you. If you want to support, all you have to do is go to anchor.fm slash behind the glass sports. Again, anchor.fm slash behind the glass sports. And you'll go to our podcast page and you'll see as you scroll down just a little bit, there's a support button and you can click on that and donate however much you want. Any amount would be greatly appreciated, and uh, we're good to go. Brandon Sniffles, how you doing this morning, man? <laughs> well... You made me, you know, wake up an hour early, so I'm dying over here. Just, just to let you know, uh, just want to make sure you, you know that uh, this is very tough for me. <laughs> yeah, waking no, up that. I, uh, I understand the struggle. That's kind of, kind of how I was this, this, this morning when I woke up as well. <laughs> yeah, well, I have, I have a puppy that I have to take care of as well. So, <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah. He was very confused. He's like, because he wakes up at the same time every day. He goes to bed at the same time and he wakes up at the same time. He has this little schedule, and so I woke him up an hour early, and he looked at me like what are you doing <laughs> right it's, it's not time yet <laughs> so yeah, we did move up the podcast just a little bit this morning because i get the nice experience of going back into work i've been in self-quarantine <laughs> uh for the past two weeks not because i was sick or anything we had a uh, a little scare with my mom thankfully she's doing great uh we believe she didn't have the virus at all just allergies or possibly cold symptoms but either way everything's good to go so i get to go back into work today so pretty excited about that that's why we're moving things up just a little bit for you guys hopefully that's not a huge issue but we're gonna get things kicked off today's podcast with uh the last dance Hopefully some of you have been keeping up with that or watching it. Huge reaction from last night's episode as I was going through Twitter. Um, Brandon, what did you make of last night's episodes that really focused on Michael's retirement the first time Mm -hmm. around, going to baseball and then coming back? And then uh, just kind of that last year. Also, the second episode was really that last year as they continued to grind through that final championship run. Yeah, the the first episode was... I really enjoy, uh, you know, going through. I I knew what had happened. Did you ever watch? There's a movie, um, that obviously he didn't. I don't know if he gave like the go ahead for the movie. It was just more of like a. Uh, uh it kind of just showed what kind of happened throughout. Like, I guess I started with him in college or as a kid probably, and it went up to probably the end of like that. 93 season and uh, maybe a little bit through baseball Mm -hmm. um but it was i forget what it was called but it's just it's a michael jordan movie and you know there's whatever whoever was in it i don't i I don't think it was like any big actors or anything at the time but um they actually talk about and show like what happened with his dad and uh that's pretty much the reason why uh he retired at that point yeah uh at least that's how the that movie uh said you know 
why he retired and and it, it kind of showed all that so i kind of knew like that was part at least part of the reason why he had retired so it was all you know it wasn't really new to me uh but it was really interesting to kind of see you know the, the other things because there was a lot of at that time he was the most famous probably the most famous person on the planet and that was a lot you know all of the gambling issues and media pretty much going at him and it was just he needed a he needed a break he really did i mean it was just it's not like today where you can just turn off your phone and ignore it right it was for for them for him it was just constantly he like he couldn't go outside in like one of the episodes last weekend right uh it showed him like just in the hotel yeah and you know he just he couldn't leave the hotel i mean it was like that for him and he really i mean he just he needed a break and he wanted to go do something else because he had he had done everything in the nba i mean what what, what else was there for him to do other than win a third championship because magic and bird hadn't done that and he had the olympics right so you have to keep playing and once once that happened and then his you know his dad tragically passed away and all of that had happened and the the addition of you know the the gambling issues and the media going after him it was just there was no reason for him to go and play again yeah and watching all that go down i mean I didn't. I knew his dad was was murdered. I didn't know how. I mean, just to hear how yeah. it went down. I mean, he pulls off to take a nap, and two eighteen-year-old kids, you know, essentially rob him and kill him. It's just like, man. I mean, <laughs> come on. So I mean, I can't imagine what that was like for him and his family. But yeah, I think, like you said, it was just a combination of just many things all at once hitting him. I mean, he had so much success uh, midway through his career. Early on, it was a bit of a struggle. I mean, he was obviously great in ascending in the NBA. He wasn't reaching those championship levels of status yet, winning those. And then he does that. Um, He gets that third one. And then you all, on top of that, throw in the 92 Olympics. And I forgot who they were interviewing um, in the first episode last night. And they, they, he, he told, uh, Michael told this person, uh, you know, I'm going to shock the Mm -hmm. world. I would retire after after this championship run but one no one's ever three-peated so i could do that again and we also have the 92 olympics so i got to do that so i'll do it next year and and just seeing that he had that already in his mind um before everything went down with his dad i think the what happened with his dad was just kind of the cherry on top of things so to speak that really just pushed things over the top you know his dad was one of his biggest supporters if not his biggest supporter um you know in his first championship there's that that iconic photo of him with the uh the trophy and his dad is right over his shoulder with him so i can imagine that was extremely rough on him um and so that was kind of what pushed things over and allowed him to transition to a sport where his dad wanted him to originally try and and go pro and, and make a living in uh through that route and i think it was a good reprieve for him a good way to get his mind off of things and just kind of step away from from everything uh basketball related that he was so connected to right yeah and like and I mean, I was I was thinking last night, you know, what if what if Jordan was in this era with as far as social media and right. all of that? Would it is it I guess is today's media a little bit I guess 
easier and a little bit lighter than back then just for the fact that everything's online so it's easier to block out i would say it's the exact opposite i would say today handling the media of today because there's so much everybody has a phone everybody can record you at any moment or take a picture um it's like 24 surveillance really anywhere you go at least back then i mean you could you know stay locked away in a hotel and no mm-hmm. one's gonna see you walking down the hallway or be able to see you and then be able to post a picture oh michael jordan's in this hotel and then stand outside your your, your room so to speak i think today's pressures uh, on these athletes especially young athletes coming up like a zion williamson and you have all this pressure of social media and everything that can come along with that i would say it'd be more rough today but if jordan was in this era I don't think he would give a damn. I think he would be completely dark on social media, to be quite honest with you. I don't think he would have anything to do with it because much like we saw with Kobe Bryant, it's just that mentality of all I want to do is win. I don't care about the other stuff. Well, then what would the same thing have happened? Would he have been worn out? That's a great question. Um, because because we saw LeBron go to eight straight. And by that seventh and eighth season with Cleveland, once Kyrie was gone especially – you saw a guy who was just done. He needed to, and and partly probably why he was okay with going to that LA team, yeah. who wasn't very good at that time. Which it was, which it was it was a chance for him to take a break. Side note: I mean, I know this is about Michael right now, but that should make people really appreciate that much more what LeBron did. Even though yeah. he lost, and even though he didn't, you know, win as many as Michael did, for this man to go to what was it nine straight? He NBA went. He finals, went to eight. He's gone to nine. He went to eight straight. Um, Winning three, um, you know, losing five, obviously. Playing arguably one of the greatest teams, two of the greatest teams in NBA history. Um, You know, with the Spurs dynasty and then, you know, the the Warriors dynasty. And then throw in, what, at least two Olympics in there as well. I mean, yes, I know he, you know, he didn't have a, you know, a, a schlub of a team to to pull himself. He had talent on both teams that he did it with, except for that first Cleveland team. Um, but mm-hmm. man, you just think about Jordan was worn out just after three straight and an Olympics appearance. You know, double that and add two more and two Olympics, and LeBron is doing that. That's just that's incredible to me. Well, and and that's why I I ask because. You know, th- showing that through that documentary, I mean, it just felt like, I-, I think at that time, you know, today, I think today's world is a bit easier in a way because social media is very, uh, the- social media's memory is very short, right? You don't, something happens and it's gone in two days, not even because something else happens. And so I think, I feel think like... So? I yeah, I mean, I think I think some things can just be forgotten so easily, and or at least it can be brushed off so easily, right? Like you, like the the whole KD on Twitter thing. I mean, yeah, people joke about it now, but that was right. gone in what a week. I mean, I guess the the essence of it, the the kind of overall like you know hype of it and everything like that. I guess that dies down, sure. Um, but I mean, it's it still stays relevant. I mean, people right, are still going to think of KD as the guy. Well, that when you think Kevin Durant, you're not going to think of oh the guy that had burners. It's just going to be oh Kevin Durant, <laughs> amazing scorer, Hall of Famer, champion, and oh that one time he had like 18 burner accounts and was fighting with 13 year old kids on Twitter for whatever reason. Right. But what I'm saying though is, at that time Jordan was 
at the very top, at the peak in the world, right? He was the most famous person in the world. Right. And there was no one even close to him. But fast forward in today's world, or when, you know, say when LeBron was in his prime and winning championships, he he was at the top, but there was others with him. Because in today's world, because of social media as well, and just the internet and whatever, there's other famous people. You know, there's Tom Brady, right? There's other famous athletes, not just, you know, not not to mention whatever, uh, movie stars, you know, music, whatever that's out there. Because there's the internet, it's so easy to be able to follow so many other celebrities. Mm -hmm. Whereas... I just feel like back then it wasn't as easy. And if all the attention was on one guy, no one else was going to be close to that one guy. Yeah. I think if Michael was around in this time, he would probably be, it's crazy to imagine even maybe even bigger because of social media. And, you know, you you would have had eyes on him in now, granted he was cut in high school, but going to UNC and and having the success he did. I mean, mm-hmm. we're obviously assuming that everything that happened <laughs> in his life already. Well, and, and that's the thing because there's more competition right. now. But if so, but if <laughs> everything, if at the bare minimum his talent translates over, which obviously it would, because it's right in in all reality. To be fair, it's a softer NBA. Um, there's there's less. Yes, rest- but there's more talent. Uh, yes, there's definitely more well. skill for sure. Um, but you know, offensively, he would he would completely still dominate. I believe easily. Um, defensively, it'd be interesting to see how he would have to adjust to that style of play because obviously mm-hmm. he's coming from a more physical NBA where you can hand check and body guys a little bit more. Um, but I think it, it would translate, and I think he, his fame would even somehow uh, grow even more with social media. One thing I found interesting last night. Um, was when he retired the first time and he goes to baseball and he has that 13 game hitting streak and then and the pitchers <laughs> yeah. catch on in the in the minors and they start throwing him breaking balls and they say okay now michael goes into a slump and, and then that's when the sports illustrated cover comes out and you know bag it michael you know go home type of thing whatever it was and then one of the coaches i was it terry francona i believe it was they were saying that he his work ethic still translated over it was one of the greatest work et, uh, work ethics that they've ever seen mm-hmm. because he would go before practice and, and practice hitting those breaking balls on the breaking ball machine uh he would play the game and then he would um he would hit after the game to try and practice and they said that he hit 200 in the minors and, and people were like that's incredible and then he drives in 50 runs in that season and there were guys in the minors who were prospects and they didn't even drive in 50 runs and a lot of I, what I found interesting out of all of that to sum it up was that some of these coaches they were like you know what if he would have kept with it he could have made the majors There's yeah. they, they weren't saying oh he would have been a hall of famer who wouldn't have been a great player but he would have made the majors which is crazy to me yeah he probably if he would have kept at it you gotta remember too he's 31 at this time He's so, 31, and he. they said, I believe it was, he stopped playing baseball. It, it was either 17. 14 or 17, something like that. 17. But there was a huge gap of when the last time he right. played, and not only the last time he played, but that he, he didn't play professionally. He was playing like high school or whatever, right. grade school baseball. Yeah, and and that's, I mean, I it would have taken him probably, because at that point it had been what? 
I mean, that first season, obviously, and then a little, and then they went into a strike, right? So he only yes. played technically one season. I believe so. Um, yeah. So one season, he hits 200, drives in 50 runs. I, I would say he'd probably spend one more year in AA or AAA, and then that third year, he probably would have been called up maybe in September. Yeah. Uh, when the rosters were are expanded, and then, and and then at that point he probably would have made it. But then he, I mean, he'd be at he'd be at the bench, you know, at at the end of the bench type of thing. So, I I mean, he would have made it. I just like you said, he wouldn't be a Hall of Famer. I don't think he'd be a starter, but right, he he would have made it. Yeah. And it's just impressive. And obviously we've seen dual sport athletes before with guys like Deion Sanders and Bo mm-hmm. Jackson and, and what they were able to do. But just to think that this guy at age 31 was able to you know transition over and at least to some degree have success. Um, and, and people were, were kind of projecting, hey, if you keep with it, you know, you could possibly make it to the majors it was just crazy. Another thing that stood out to me last night from the episode, I believe it was the second episode, which was focusing more on that on that final championship run um, with Jordan and, and those Bulls teams was just his the way he handled himself in practice with his teammates and and Mm -hmm. how he carried that and how he went about motivating guys. Um, What did you think of how he played with his teammates? A a lot of guys said, yeah, he, he, he was a jerk. You know, he wasn't fun to be around, but at the end of the day, it worked. What did you think about how he went about playing with his teammates and how he wanted guys to, how he led guys, I should say. Yeah. I mean, it, Nothing like that bothers me. I know it, it probably bothered some people. Um, but, I mean, in order, and, and I like what they said where being a leader has a price. Winning championships has a price, right? Sure. And I think if you ask, Co- well, if you could ask Kobe and if you ask LeBron and any of those guys, Katie at this point, they're. You know, the, there's a price that they had to pay to win. Uh, whether it was dealing with media in such a way, whether it was having teammates that didn't like you. I mean, Kyrie literally left LeBron after winning a championship and won and losing one, but making it to what, to three straight? And he left because he wanted to be the guy. And I mean, it's just there's there's a price that you have to pay if you want to win. And if you want those things, and I mean, there's been talks too about like, you know, Kobe wasn't the best teammate at times. LeBron sometimes isn't the best teammate. Uh, and some, there's some players that just can't handle playing with those guys. I mean, there's just, they play a different game. Those guys, they, they don't play basketball <laughs> at, at a certain point. They're playing a completely different game because they learn how to win. And they learn what it takes to win at the highest level. And 99% of the league doesn't know that. And so when you're practicing with them and when you're playing with them and and you're on the court with them, it's different. And you have to adjust to that. And you have to you have to show them that you are at least willing to try to get to their level. And if you don't, you're going to have a hard time playing with those guys. And you're going to have that 
perception that this guy is a terrible teammate. And it's because you're not willing to get up to that level. And then that's just how it is with those guys. And we will see that until the end of the the end the end of the league. I mean, same with Tom Brady, you know, Peyton Manning. There's just there's a certain level with those guys that those guys hit that you, that sometimes it's very difficult to be one of their teammates. Yeah, and to me, I I love that. Now, obviously, you know, would I love it if I was Steve Kerr and I'm getting punched in the eye or <laughs> you know the constant hounding? You know, in the moment, uh, you don't love that. No, um, it's that tough love mentality. But you know, Jordan was explaining. You know, if these guys can't get to my level then I don't want to play with you because I know they should know uh, whatever they're doing and I'm putting them through, I'm putting myself through already so we can be prepared because right. we can't beat the Knicks or the Pacers. If they can't if they can't handle me, then they can't handle these guys. But if they can handle me, then we can handle these guys. And you saw that from, you know, they, they cut to BJ Armstrong when he's playing for the Hornets and he has that one night against Michael <laughs> and he goes off and he credits Michael. He said, you know, that really taught me in that moment i knew how to win i knew what to do in that moment um mm -hmm. now he made the ultimate mistake which i think is just hilarious because there's in every episode there's been an example <laughs> of somebody that does something uh at least most of the time where jordan makes it up but of somebody <laughs> you know who who talks crap or does something you know la last night they were showing bj armstrong he hits that shot and then he's talking crap to michael and he's talking crap to the bench and then the next night, what does Michael do? He completely obliterates BJ Armstrong and goes off. Mm -hmm. I loved the other one. Uh, what was the guy's name? I'm, I'm spacing his name that played yeah, for, uh, uh, was it the Pistons or something like that? Or some other team? Or, or it was the Bullets, I believe it yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Le, Le Bradford or something like that. Something like that. And the guy drops 37 <laughs> in the game and Jordan struggles that night and he Jordan makes up the story that this guy says good game Mike and that's what motivates Jordan it never even happened but then he tells his teammates I'm gonna have in a half what that kid had in the entire game last night and he goes out and scores 36 in the first half I'm just like oh my god how does this guy do this or or the Orlando Magic series uh, 45 isn't 23 and what does Michael do the next game against Orlando changes to 23 and drops i believe 55 on them i was like oh my god dude this is the stuff of just legends right here you can't make this up and i i just love that i love seeing that I, mm -hmm. I never knew any of these things yeah yeah i didn't know i didn't know those two things i didn't know especially the jersey one i thought he had come back the next season and changed his jersey back to 23 yeah yeah um which yeah, he did he got, he did right right but, but he he got fined a hundred grand for changing his jersey in the middle of the playoffs uh or his jersey number yeah. um so yeah that's something that you'll never i mean lebron tried to change his number to number six before the season started and he couldn't right like <laughs> like right it's just it's just kind of ridiculous that he was you know i don't know if there was like uh if there's stricter rules now because of that uh or or whatever i don't know i mean obviously there's jersey sales and all that stuff that you know people are worried about now right but it was just i think it was just easier to do that that type of stuff back then but it's just it's funny how i mean these things only he could do yeah. and and it's like and why are guys doing this it's like when 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 tom was with the patriots and you and you 
teams going in the playoffs or saying something about the Patriots. And you're like, why are you doing this? You know, you're just waking the sleeping giant. And that's what teams do. And my probably my favorite example of this with with this last dance series was early in the series when when Michael's playing the Celtics early in his career in the playoffs and they lose game one. But he, he has an amazing game and he goes to golf with Danny Ainge. Yeah. And as they're leaving, he tells Danny Ainge, tell your boy Dennis Johnson, I have something for him tomorrow. And he goes out and drops like 50 or 60 that night i'm just like oh my god dude how does this guy do this like it's i think so that was nuts. a record game right the 63 yeah yeah yeah. it was it's just nuts that he can just hone in like that and just have the ability to just deliver and and, and people said it last night and you you've, you're seeing this he was just on so much of a different level that it wasn't and you mentioned this a little bit ago it wasn't him just playing basketball he was at such a high level that he had to find ways to make a game within a game so he could motivate himself to yeah, get he got everything bored. out like he was he was so much better than everyone like could, could you imagine doing something every day that no one can really compete with you right and you're just you're you could you could beat anyone in the game that's playing like just half asleep yeah and you're gonna get bored I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, that, I mean, that's, that's why a lot of times I think in today's NBA, especially with the guy like LeBron, who went to eight straight NBA finals, I mean, it's probably the same thing. He had to find other motivations to keep playing and to keep getting there. And that's, I mean, I'm sure, you know, in 10, 20 years, whatever, we'll, we'll probably hear some stories very similar to where he had to find other motivation. And there was, you know, there was times against, you know, when he was in Cleveland where he's where they had no business getting to the NBA finals, especially that last year when Kyrie after Kyrie left. Right. Mm -hmm. They had no business going to the NBA finals. They really shouldn't have been there. And they 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 what were they down like 2-0 to Indiana at one point? I'm pretty sure, or was yeah. that Chicago? I mean, I, they were they were down two one in 2015 to Chicago because Derrick Rose hit that backboard right. buzzer beater, right? And so it's like, it's almost like, and, and and it's one of those things like LeBron's never really had the number one seed, and it's it's almost like he he doesn't want the number one seed so he could have a challenge, you know? It's it's those type of things where he he doesn't care about the regular season in that way because he knows that. And when it comes to playoff time, it's different. And, and actually, Jordan said something like that uh, in the documentary last night. You know, the regular season is the regular season. Yeah. Uh, but the playoffs, that's the as that's the highest level. That's the only thing that matters. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever you want in the regular season. When it comes to the playoffs, everything's reset. It's right. zero zero, and it's completely different. And so guys like him and lebron and kobe they all knew that and for lebron the number one seed i don't think he they got the number one seed even like half the time between those eight those eight straight nba finals i mean i don't think they were the number one seed maybe five times that they yeah, were. i would say most of the time they were probably the number but, one but seed. towards the but towards the times. end yeah. but towards the end it really didn't matter i mean that last year they were the four seed so it's like, or the four or five seed, they were one of those. And it's like, well, because they in the second round, they had played Toronto. And 
I think they swept Toronto, who was the number one seed. So it's just that shows to me that it they can they can just coast and when it when it gets to that point no one else can get to the level that they're at and they know that so they have to find ways to keep them motivated throughout the regular season if they want to play every single game right and it's it's a long year 82 games it's it's crazy but i've found myself throughout all of this just loving this series and every mm-hmm. time i'm watching the show and it cuts to black and they roll the credits and I'm like, oh my God, it's done already. Like this is the <laughs> fastest two hours. Why is this happening? And to, to think that we only have two more episodes left. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of depressed, honestly, but I've completely just loved this series. And speaking of love, speaking of that, if you love our podcast, please subscribe <laughs> wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, Anchor, Breaker, Radio Public. Uh, please do so. And if you want to support the podcast, all you have to do is go to anchor.fm slash behind the glass sports again that's anchor.fm slash behind the glass sports if you go there you'll see right under our description a little support icon you can click that and you can choose to donate however much money any money any donations will be greatly appreciated it'll allow us to uh to help deliver a continuously good and even better product and experience for you guys every time you listen shout out to again everybody that's watched on youtube that's listened through apple podcast spotify wherever you get your podcast we really appreciate it but again thanks for tuning in to us i've loved this series and i don't want it to be over and it's really made me miss playoff basketball um and just well basketball in general but playoff basketball and speaking of playoff basketball or regular basketball even if there is going to be a season Adrian Wojnarowski, Woj, the Woj bomb himself, put out a few days ago, and I don't know if you guys saw this, you can find it on Twitter, that even if there is a season this year, regular season or postseason, Kevin Durant, he's not going to be playing for the Nets at all this year. We have that audio, right, Brandon? Yep. All right, let's throw to that. Here's Woj talking about KD possibly not playing at all. What was a concern this year, right, was, was injuries to star players. Now, Steph Curry got injured because he landed on his hand and broke his hand. There's nothing you can do about that. But what about in a shortened preseason? And I know they're thinking about this. If you really want to hurt TV ratings next year, let's rush everybody back this season. Let's get key players injured and now have to hold them off, have their starts pushed back. I mean, guys, Kevin Durant's not coming back to the Nets this year. That's not happening. If they play, they're not playing him. And that was Woj, I believe, with Rachel Nichols. I don't know if he was on the jump, but he was with Rachel Nichols discussing this topic. Kevin Durant, not going to come back. And and we kind of touched on this last week um, in the podcast, talking about, you know, and that was one of my concerns. You know, if you have a shortened season and you come back too soon, if you're a guy like the KDs, the LeBrons, the Steph Currys, uh, or Anthony Davis, I believe, is the one we threw out. If you're, especially if you're coming up on a contract or possibly being able to opt out of your contract, is it really worth it for you to come out into this season and risk playing um, and injuring yourself severely? And that's what kind of Woj kind of touched on there. Yeah, I mean, that's it's very tricky. If you're the team, you know, obviously. You don't want your future to be injured, like like Kevin Durant, right? You're you weren't focused on this year, anyways. Why put 
why try and rush him back? Or, mm -hmm. I mean, I guess it's not really rushing him back. It's just why try and bring him back in this situation uh, instead of just waiting, having him go through a full preseason, a full regular season, and just keeping it, you know, staying pretty much just keeping it safe. But for for other guys who have been playing throughout the season, and if they're still in shape, and they get, say, a month or two months to get back into basketball shape before the playoffs were to hit, I think that's a little different as well. I Again, I think it's just it all depends on how everything is brought back. You know, is, is there a long process to where they're in the gym and they almost have their own little mini preseason, mini regular season to where they they have time to get back into that basketball shape and then start the playoffs. Because if that's the case, then guys like Anthony Davis and, you know, the guys who have been playing, they should be fine. For someone like Kevin Durant, I don't know if you still want to do that or not, but it's also really not up to the team either. You know, for for Kevin Durant, if he's if he feels like he's good to go and he was practicing and playing with with his teammates that, you know, the whole, you know, month or two that they are getting ready to you know come back to to the season you know what if he what if he says i'm good and the trainer's like yeah i mean if he's out there practicing and he's been playing and he says he's good and so all of a sudden you know the training staff clears him then if he wants to he can play it's not up to the team so i think that's something where I mean, would I bet on him coming back and playing? No. I would say that he's going to wait till next season, whenever that is, but you never know. You know, if, if they if they start coming back and playing and practicing and he's out there and he's practicing and he feels good, I mean, and the Nets are in the playoffs, why not? Yeah. It's even, even if it's not 30 minutes a game, you know, if he's coming off the bench giving you 15 minutes a game. I mean, yeah. it, it's up to him at that point. It's an interesting conversation, and I completely understand it from from the aspect of Kevin Durant, especially because, I mean, he's already coming off of a severe injury, so it really doesn't make sense for him. I just, again, it's just going back to my point. I was just, I just don't feel it's worth it to rush these guys back just for the sake of we have to finish the season. I mean, it's. I get it. It's going to look weird if there's a season that's, you know, listed as incomplete, uh, like my math homework usually was <laughs> in high school. It it just doesn't make sense to me, you know, so but but I get it. I, I want basketball back too. like, don't get me wrong. I want sports. I want to see these guys play. I just mentioned I miss basketball so much. I miss seeing Nikola Jokic trudge down the floor and, and throw up some weird looking shot. That's nothing but net. I miss that with all of my being. But again, I want the best possible product and i don't want these guys to to get hurt i don't want to risk you know throwing out a a shortened or just compromised product just for the sake of having things back i'd rather just again wait it out and figure out how we can make this the best possible season and then go from there it's going to be an interesting situation to follow how they handle this because Woj just tweeted out too earlier this morning that the NBA and NBA PA have extended um, the the date I believe 60 days in terms of when they can terminate this collective bargaining agreement due to the pandemic so 
who knows if we're going to have a season or if this is going to affect the CBA and maybe having to get a new one. I don't know. It's it's a weird situation. 2020 has just been just been crazy uh, this year. Yeah, I mean, it's just I I mean, with the NBA there, I know they're trying to come up with ways to do this, but I mean, there's a reason why Major League Baseball, which is outside, and that's the least amount of contact in any sport uh, that you have with other players, and they're not even talking about coming back right. and playing. So, you know, I mean, you could you can make it so that in base like in baseball, literally, like the most contact you have is when you're on base. Yes. That's it. Or in the dugout. And, I mean, yeah, but you can you can find ways to to space out in the dugout, right? Just you can put have certain like players cubicle walls up between everybody. <laughs> well, I mean, you could have guys who aren't gonna play, right? right? They're not in the dugout. Yeah. So, at most, you probably have, and you probably just have your manager, and that's it. So, at most, you probably have nine or ten guys in there. And you're spread out. And dugouts are big enough to where you could be pretty spread out in there. So the fact that in baseball, you could figure out, you could literally have social distancing within baseball and as you're playing. And the fact that they're not even talking about coming back, it's not going to be anytime soon. And so I, I get the NBA is trying to finish the season. And I know if... I know what they're probably thinking too is the their ratings if they were to come back are going to be massive. Oh, for any sport. Can you imagine the first just professional sports game that we have? It's right. going to be completely hyped. It could be I mean, the I'm freaking sure Wizards and, and and Hornets and we'd be like, "Yeah, let's do this." <laughs> right. So, the you know, I I get it that they really want to come back, but yeah, I mean you got to look at it's uh, especially looking at you know Major League Baseball and and seeing that you know they're really not even there's there's really nothing going on with them and they're just they're still waiting. Right. It's just there's to me it's exciting to think that we could have the season back by August, but at the same time, in my mind. Nothing's going to change until at the earliest December, yeah. probably January, February, when there is a vaccine. And that's just my thought. The NFL, I don't think we are going to have any sports for the rest of the year. If I had to, if I had to bet and, you know, give an answer, that's my answer. I don't think we're going to have at least the NFL, the NBA, NHL. I don't think we're going to have those three sports at all in 2020. I could see a scenario where where Major League Baseball, because you can figure out ways to social distance in certain ways, you could have to where first, second, third, and the shortstop, they're wearing masks. You know, anyone out there, you know, you could have helmets. Base runners have helmets that have masks on it. You could figure it out with baseball. With, with basketball, with the NFL, it's just... There's no way. Here's there's, the solution. No right? And and I'm surprised nobody's talking about this. Get those big bubble things. 
that people run around and bump into each other with, right. put them on each player. Here we go. It's the year of the bubble sport in professional sports. Can you imagine that? Guys posting up on each other, banging those bubbles around, or coming down for a fast break trying to dunk on somebody with that bubble, and guys are just topside turned over? Oh, yeah. Let's let's do that. That's the solution. Boom. Did you fixed. ever uh, Did you ever watch that movie, uh, Real Steel? No. Uh-uh. With Hugh Jackman? It's... Uh, it's actually a pretty good movie. Uh, I mean, I like it, um, but it's robots fighting. Right. I remember the premise of it. Yeah. Yeah. I. When are we gonna see that this year? I'm waiting for that. Robots I'm fighting. For that to start. Yeah. Okay. First off, to... if we start seeing some robots fighting, we have a bigger <laughs> issue on hand here, man. I think we're overlooking what's actually the issue here. All right. Let's let's not turn this into iRobot. We've already had a pandemic and threats of World War Three to start this year. We don't need fighting. Well, robots. they're controlled by humans and murder hornets. We don't we don't need these things, Brandon. You have to. Look, all right. The robots are the, the robots are controlled controlled by humans. They don't have their own brains. Yeah. Well, humans have bad intentions. Robots typically have good intentions. Oh. So that that doesn't make me feel better if it's not wally robots i don't want to see it all right i don't want to see it golly Ah. speaking of you know more salt in the wound as this year has thrown in ours uh robert Kraft. did you see this he has auctioned off his super bowl 51 ring for charity which uh nice nice gesture right you know what ring that was that he, he he auctioned off Super Bowl 51. Yes. That's the Atlanta one. That's the Atlanta Falcons one. If you're an Atlanta Falcon, how disrespected do you feel right now? He could have auctioned off the Rams one, which was an awful Super Bowl that no one cared about. But instead, he was like, eh, I'm going to auction off this Super Bowl ring in which the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history was performed. Eh, I don't care about this one. We'll just throw this one away. If you're a Falcons fan, I mean, obviously you have to deal with 28 to three every every year. You know, when it comes to that time, you know, on this day, don't remember that. You know, in the third <laughs> quarter, the Falcons were up 28 to three. Honestly, we have 43 to eight, and that's painful. But right. I feel for them on that one. Like <laughs> you were winning. And you lost, and you have to get reminded about that every year. That's just that's just disrespectful, disrespectful by Robert Kraft. Why did he have to choose that ring? Why why couldn't maybe, it be any other ring? Maybe that's the one that makes him think about Tom the most. Oh, mm, yeah, yeah. And now that he doesn't have them, you know, it's it's pretty it's pretty depressing because then he looks at the two guys he has. Yeah, well, yeah the, the eighteen uh, other rings he has doesn't make him think about Tom either. <laughs> it's just that one in particular. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean that one specifically, you know, I mean, Brady Ugh. did have an amazing game. Golly. You know, those, those poor people in, in, in other countries that think the Falcons won, they, they just don't <laughs> understand how much misery the Falcons are going through. You know, I, I just, where do all those t-shirts and merchandise, where does that They're go? donated. They're donated to like, I thought, third, yeah, third world countries, right? Like, yeah. So in yeah. like, you know, the backwoods of whatever third world country, I mean, some guys are like, man, the their Broncos whole history killed of sports, the Seahawks and the Falcons. I would Falcons love to dominated. see their history of sports. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they're all mismatched. Like to them, I'm sure the Buffalo Bills are the greatest NFL franchise in the history right. of the league. LeBron is actually five and three in some parts <laughs> of the world. You know, so, I mean, Jordan is actually 0 and six in certain well, areas of LeBron the world. LeBron would be six and three. He's three and six. Three and six. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, wow. Yeah, Jordan sucks in their world. Yeah, Tom Brady is actually awful in the other <laughs> world. Like, this well, is a dimension I might want to live two. in. 
Yeah. Right? Brady would have two. Yeah, or no, most three. Of losses. He would have three. That's he, still pretty good. Yeah. I think he would be three and five. Or right. three and no. yeah. Three and six. He's three still, and that's still pretty good. How many has he been to? Yeah, three been to Super many. Bowls. That's more than Payton still. Yes. <laughs> that's more than Eli. Yeah. You know, that's more than John Elway. He'd still be a top three quarterback it's, of all it's time. It's crazy. It's crazy stuff, man. If you flip his record. Those people are living in uh what what is that realm in in the Avengers? What is that called? Uh, uh, the, the, where where everybody got shot off to, the the quantum realm or something like that. That's that's where that's where they're living okay. here. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm um, sure. I hope. Yeah, questionable stuff yeah. there. Speaking of questions, though, <laughs> biggest question. Speaking of the NFL as well, I saw this on NFL.com. Uh, they put out the biggest question surrounding every NFL team right now. We got to get our Denver Broncos in. What, in your mind, is the biggest question surrounding the Denver Broncos right now? Could be offense, could be defense, could be special teams. That's always been questionable. Uh, I would say Drew Locke. And and the only reason why is because he's the most important player. And if he doesn't play well, the team won't do well. And you just put all this talent around him. And I know he went 4-1. and one. But is that something where, you know, teams just didn't have film on him and he, he was able to take advantage of that? Or was that was that real? And I think that's, to me, you can say the offensive line, sure, and you can say, but here's the thing. Drew Locke can make the offensive line better. He did last season. You know, Brandon Allen made the offensive line look better after Joe Flacco. So... The, the offensive line, to me, in that question, is actually more for Drew Locke. And, you know, the defense is going to be the defense. So, to me, it's it's really all on Drew Locke and how he is able to play. Can he get the ball out quick enough to where he can help his offensive line? Can he move around the pocket well enough to where that could help his offensive line? You know, will he be able to take advantage of all the weapons that he has to help the offensive line, you know, and to help the rookie receivers that he has and, and the youth that they, they have as far as the weapons for him. And that's, it's all on him. That offense is all on him. And if he doesn't play well, they're going to have a bad season. So I think that's to me, the biggest question is, is he the guy that we saw in Houston or are we going to see more of a guy who we saw against Kansas City? Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. I think you're you're spot on. I mean, it, obviously, it's it's Drew Locke, what he's going to do. But I think the offense as a whole is just one, one big question mark. I mean, you have yeah, question marks I mean, at, at both tackle spots. What's going to happen with Bulls? I mean, there's, there's said to be competition with him this year with Elijah Wilkinson. Then you go to the right tackle spot. What's going to happen with Juwan James? Is he going to be able to play, you know, more than two games this year, uh, full games this year? Then you look at to, to the, the, the specialty players, the skilled players. Yes, you get Melvin Gordon, but you also have Philip Lindsay, who's rushed for a thousand yards in his first two seasons. You bring in a different back. What's that dynamic going to look like? What's who, who's going to step up for Cortland Sutton? Is Judy going to be the guy? Can we see Fant, even though he had a good year last year, really take that step forward where you're like, wow, this guy could be an elite tight end someday. The whole offensive 
you know, staff as well is a, is a question mark with Pat Shermer. I mean, you get a new staff coming in with that. So it's just that whole offense is a huge question mark. And that leads me to my next question. What should be fair expectations of this Broncos offense? Can we expect a top 15 offense? Can we expect a top 12, top 10? Should it be top five with all the weapons? What do you think? Uh, I would say you need to be at the top half. So top 15. Uh, if if you are in the top 15, to me, that's a good year. Okay. Uh, considering that you have been dead last, or at least, the what, the bottom five? It's been last, painful, yeah, for the last three or five four years. years. Yeah. yeah, so, I, well, I mean, to me, it's been five. I don't know how long it's really been, but... It's like that Titanic gif. It's been 84 years. That's <laughs> what it feels like. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just... If if you can be the top, be in the top fifteen, to say that they're going to be in the top five and average thirty points per game, that's unrealistic. Uh, could I see it happening? Yeah, I mean we've seen crazier things happen. I mean, who really thought Patrick Mahomes in his second season, after barely starting any games his rookie year, coming out and throwing fifty touchdowns? You I know, talk I mean, about it. like that—that's something that. You know, I mean, crazier things have happened. So could I see the the Broncos offense with all of those weapons put up 30 points per game? Yeah. You know, I could, could you, could you see, you know, if, if someone came up and told me that Drew Locke would throw for 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, have, you know, maybe 10 picks and uh, Melvin Gordon has 1,200 yards, Philip Lindsay has 800 yards. And they have a combined 15 to 20 touchdowns. And Cortland Sutton has 1,200 yards. Judy has 800 yards. Hamler has, you know, six, 700 yards. Noah Fant has six, 700 yards. And they have, you know, as a team, they average 31 points per game. Okay, if we're doing all that, we better be top five. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like... That's what I'm saying. If, if someone came up and told you that, are you saying that that's completely crazy? I yeah, I would. Yes, I would. So so after after watching Patrick Mahomes and someone came up to you and told you that he'd throw for fifty touchdowns. Yeah, I, I would have thought it was crazy. Yes, right. But yeah. but now we've seen things like that happen. So is it really that crazy? I mean, sure. Yes, anybody could you know you turn the league Jackson upside down. Would- Right. Did you think Lamar Jackson would do what he did in his second year? No, I'm not saying that it's completely it's it's not possible. I'm just saying that it's crazy because I think and you mentioned this a little bit ago that Drew Locke, I think he he's going to have a struggle. There's there's going to be a period early in the season and I hope Broncos fans are prepared for it even though I know that they're not. I hope that they realize that it's not going to be easy for Drew Locke because, yes, he looked good in five games, but they also didn't have tape on him. He's going to have younger weapons around him. He's going to, again, have an offensive line that doesn't have that chemistry down. He has a new offensive staff uh, coaching him. He has a condensed offseason to work with, and now it's his his first full season as a QB with expectations on top of that. I just hope Broncos fans aren't thinking that it's not going to be what you just said, a 30 touchdown, 4,000 yards, 10 interception season. 
I think we're more in the realm of a 22 to 25 touchdown, maybe 12 to 18 interceptions, maybe 3,000-ish yard season. That's what I'm thinking here. And not because I don't think Drew Locke has talent. I'm just comparing it to what the situation actually is. It's a quarterback going into his first full season with only five games under his belt and everything I just mentioned that's changed and is new around him. There's going to be a growing period for him. He's learning an entire new offense. So there's going to be some time for him to gather, which is why I think it's also kind of unfair for for people to say that, you know what, if Drew Locke doesn't perform well this year, we need to move on and go to the next guy. How is that fair? I mean, the guy's only got five games under his belt and he's going into his first full season. So we're going to judge him off of 20 games. I mean, I think he still has room to go. Now, if you gave him full two seasons and he doesn't look the part, okay, I'm ready. I'm good. But I, I think it's a bit premature to want to move off him after one full year if he doesn't perform well this year because there's so much that's changing and new around him. Right. Would you want to change? Would you want to move on from Baker Mayfield? Uh, if I was in Cleveland, what, what's he going into year four now? Oh well, no, he's going into year three. Right? Is he? I thought he was going into year four. Yeah, we yes. Last year was last year was his second year. I when I watch Baker Mayfield, I don't get the sense of a guy who's special. I see a guy that can make plays and could be a good, you know, solid quarterback. I don't think he's necessarily bad, but I also don't think that it's helped that he's had multiple coaching staffs already. Right. So him. after after you know one and a half seasons that he has played, and he had a promising end to his rookie year. Remember, they went yeah. and they won a few games. Yeah. And it it kind of looked like what the Broncos you know saw with your lock right so and then he comes out and they add you know odell beckham and they add all you know jarvis they have jarvis landry and they have all these weapons you know chubb and they don't do anything and he plays terrible so i mean is it is it time to move on from baker mayfield then if, you know think... I'm, you have to give him another season at I th- least i think if you're if you're a Browns fan, your your patience is probably wearing a little bit thin. Yeah, he's he's only going into his second season or his third season, so you're you're right on that. Uh, first year, thirty seven, you know, three thousand seven hundred twenty five yards, twenty seven touchdowns, fourteen picks. Uh, his last year, twenty two touchdowns, twenty one interceptions. Uh, he had more yards, about a hundred more yards. So he's he's regressing in certain areas. How much of that is the change in the coaching staff? But he also had more talent around him at the wide receiver position in the year two. So I would say if if we see Baker of last year this season, whenever this season is, if we have a season, then okay, I think you're you're ready to to move on. And it's unfair because the guy has had a changing coaching staff. He hasn't had the continuity, you know, that other great quarterbacks were fortunate to have. But we also have to remember, too, the NFL is, you know, as as Brandon Stokely likes to say, NFL stands for what have you done for me lately, League. So, and if you're not doing anything for me now, then it's time to move on. So I get that point, too. But I just, for Drew Locke's situation, I think it's premature to move off him after 21 games. Whereas a guy like Baker Mayfield, he started 13 games, or he played 14 games in his first season, 16 games in his second season, and he's going to have another 16 if he stays healthy, uh, then that's over you know, 40 games of a sample right. size. Then, okay, I'm ready. Then at a certain point, after that point, now you kind of have a feel for what a guy actually is. I don't think you can necessarily have that after 20 games with a guy. 
Right. And and that's why I think Drew Lockout gets at least this year and next year. I right? hope so. He gets two more years. And you get you get at least I would say two and a half seasons as as a quarterback to show something and and show it later than or I guess well more recently than what you showed maybe your rookie year, right? So if if Drew Lock comes out and he struggles this year, um he's say he has a year that Baker Mayfield has. Okay, what what what's your what are you thinking at that point? Is say he, he throws twenty two touchdowns, twenty one picks. Um with the talent around him. It it also depends, and it's going to sound crazy because 22 touchdowns, 21 picks. You're thinking, like, how can that ever look good? It also depends how it looks. What do those interceptions mm-hmm. look like? Which is why I wish they would, when they record interceptions and fumbles, I wish they would put in which one were actually on the QB and which ones were actually like, oh, it tipped pass. off the receiver's yeah. hands. Oh, the defensive lineman tipped it. Because is that really on the QB at, at that point? No. If he has that 22 touchdown, 20 something something like that like baker mayfield did it just depends on the perspective if you feel like you know what he was out there there was a couple times where he forced it when he should have okay there was also a handful of times where it bounced off of somebody's hands and it got intercepted or there was a few times the defensive lineman caught it and you know now it's flailing in the air and the linebacker you know gets it it just depends on the perception uh, if it's like Baker Mayfield and it's a bad one, then it's like, okay, now I'm a bit concerned. But if you feel like, you know what, these are correctable mistakes and his coaches feel that way, then I'm fine with it. Again, we have to remember, he's going into his first full season as a starter. Okay, mm-hmm. so essentially, he's just a rookie with some extra padded stats allowed to it. You know, so it's 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 going to be interesting how it plays out. I hope, obviously, that we don't have to go into a situation where we're wondering, uh, is Drew Locke the guy if he throws right. a 22 touchdowns, 21 outing? Hopefully, it's a little bit better than that. But I caution Broncos fans again because they love to wear those orange and blue glasses with their orange and blue yammy yams, and they get in their little snuggie at night, <laughs> and they think, oh, we're going back to the Super Bowl, baby. Slow down. Slow down. It's a new season with a new staff and a lot of new young weapons just give it time be patient and hopefully the management and the coaching staff head coaching staff with with Vic Fangio take care of things the right way hopefully we took care of things for you today delivered the goods as per usual we want to thank you for tuning in to the behind the glass sports podcast with Brandon Stoll and myself thanks for everybody that listened on YouTube that's going to listen wherever you get your podcasts Apple Podcasts Spotify Anchor Breaker Radio Public we urge you please 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 subscribe to us Uh, also send us your question find us on Twitter at Stephen Priest Jr. for myself at Brandon underscore Stoll for Brandon send us your questions if you have any questions or throw them down in the comments is there something you want us to talk about for next show this show we want your interaction we would love to have it and finally if you want to support the podcast we're first off gracious you're even listening and tuning into us but if you want to you know throw a little change our way you can always do that go to anchor.fm slash behind the glass sports again anchor.fm slash behind the glass sports if you go there there's a support icon you can hit that it'll allow you to choose however much you want to put in it has some preset amounts if you want to do a little bit less, hey, that's fine too. We understand times are tough. If you want to be gracious and throw us a full C note, we'll take it. 
Brandon and I will split it and we'll buy some crumble cookies and celebrate with that. <laughs> Love it. No, we'll use that to uh, to make this podcast as great as possible and continue to strive to get better. Again, thanks for tuning in. We hope your week starts off great and goes great. We'll see you Friday. Thanks for tuning in. This has been the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast. <laughs>